Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. My name is Stephen, and I do digital art. I'm from the Bronx, born and raised. Um, I am of um, Afro-Latino heritage from the Dominican Republic. So my mom came um, to this country from the Dominican Republic in search of uh, better job opportunities and um, to be in a better uh, neighborhood because the Dominican Republic, her neighborhood tends to be pretty dangerous, a lot more than the neighborhood we're living in right now. So why I, the digital art I do is using phone apps. Um, I like to basically take images and delete the background and then stick it onto like a different image or just search up a variety of transparent images that already like have their background erased. So I can use them as sort of like stickers on the original in, image that I'm editing. Um, I would say I, I would blend those together and then like change the lighting up a bit to make it look like it's more a part of the image. Um, and then I just like post it on Instagram. I grew to love it because that my, my, my love for digital art began around senior year high school. That was about five years ago. Uh, five years ago. So that was, the, that was during the time that I was um, experimenting with clothing at that same time and like exploring like my feminine side. Because uh, before that, I really was very like adamant about hiding my femininity in order to seem like the normal guys and stuff like that. So after I broke out of that mental barrier and I started to explore myself, digital art came into play because along with that feminine side that I've been denying from my whole existence, basically, um, I also uh, felt very inspired by superheroes and like elemental powers and stuff like that. Uh, so I started experimenting first using a website called PicMonkey. And I would basically like add overlay effects onto my original photos. They came out really like, you know, um, amateur because I was very new to how all that stuff worked. Um, I did some more experimenting and then figured out how to make them look better by transitioning over to phone app. Um, I grew to love my art because in the beginning, it was very symbolic. It represented, like, an aspect of my personality. It represented, like, for example, when I make, like, an edit with some flame effects, like, that would represent my confidence and my willpower. And then when I make um, uh, photo edits using the water element, that would symbolize my fluidity and my beauty. So I'm, so for, for some time during the protest, um, I, start, I started off protest hopping. I ended up at City Hall for a few days. And then after City Hall's decision day happened, I ended up protest hopping again. And that's when I came across the collective of loose activists that don't go by any name, so we're not, we're not actually an organization. Um, mm-hmm. I decided to like, go with them because they're one of the most organized groups of people I've ever seen, and they're all about safety. And they spent like all these months protesting without any single arrest from the from the police 
So it it and also I remember hearing one of their um two two of their speakers. Um and what I liked the most is that one of them included the LGBTQ plus community, which is something I really look for because there are a lot of organizers who, you know, fight for black lives but then turn around and don't really like pay much attention to the black trans lives, the black queer lives. Um, so when, when one of the speakers mentioned and included us, I felt very, you know, motivated to actually, like, join them, not at that very moment, because I was at City Hall at the time, but it, it definitely, like, I put that in the back of my head for when I saw them again, and I need to, like, find another, you know, area to protest with. And then the last person to speak um, was very spiritual, and I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed how his aspect of speaking was more about unity and like community as well as communication, emotion, stuff like that. Um, one of the things that he said that really like touched me was that we come from different tribes so that we can recognize each other, not hate each other. And I resonated with that deeply because I am all about that. I'm all about seeing people from other cultures and other backgrounds and just appreciating the way they are. Um, so I, I, ever since then, I ended up marching with them, and I became um, a part of the, the the marchers. And then eventually, I ended up on the team um, as one of the bikers. So that's what got me onto them, and like I've been marching with them ever since. So when it when it when it comes to my my art form, it's more of a hobby than anything. Um, sure. I have like progressed from it since since I started to do it. Like I recently. Well, not recent, but like a few months ago recent, uh, I, I started to learn how to add animated effects to my photos and like learning how to like use apps like Pixeloop and things like that to just like animate photos that would normally be still and things like that. So like I'm like slowly progressing from just like still images to both still and like moving images and things like that. Um, I, would, I would like to work with somebody or like learn from somebody who's like, very expert at like making uh, effects like that and like you know doing more than 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 what I currently am able to do. Um, I just haven't really found people who would like to either collaborate or like teach me because I'm what I'm I'm one of the only people that I know that actually does like digital art, especially in my own style. Because people usually like to draw digitally or like um, do photography and things and things like that. Which is fine by me because I, when it comes to photography, I, I like to strike poses as well. I can, I, I have like modeling capabilities. But when it comes to like my specific type of art, I'm at the moment I'm the only person that I know who does it. So personally, for me, it, it's been a, a, a pretty emotional experience because this is the first time I join a movement and I'm embraced by other protesters for my authentic self. One of the reasons I, I usually do my best to show up to protest in my androgynous style is because for me, representation is very important. So I don't, I don't go to these protests, you know, just to take photos. Of course I do it to like fight for rights and like inform people of a lot of things and inspire unity and all that. But the photos are also a good opportunity so that people can see that there are people from many diverse backgrounds. Even the people that you're not necessarily comfortable with are out here fighting for you. So for me, representation is very important. Not only to like um, cis cisgender, heterosexual um, black men and women, but also to the queer community as well to show them that 
hey, we're out here as well. You should be out here as well. And if you're really all about unity and all that, we got to all get out and, like, show more presence. Because the more presence we have, the more they'll have to, you know, open their eyes and realize, hello, we're fighting for the same thing. Um, so I, I'm really glad that a lot of people, like, embraced me as who I am and all that. Um, for, for, I, I'm also, like, a little upset, though, because throughout the course of the months that the protest progressed, I started to see less and less black people and people of color showing up in the crowd of said protest. So it, it, it annoys me because you, usually people are quick to complain about how there's less black people in the crowd and that if they don't see enough of their own people there that they're not going to show up to the protest. But at the same time, they fail to realize that them and everybody else who is on the same mentality as them, it's like a family that won't visit each other because, oh, if she doesn't visit me, I'm not going to visit her. Oh, if he doesn't visit me, I'm not going to visit her. So it's like they don't understand that everyone is thinking that same thing, thus preventing themselves from even showing up in the first place. So I, I, I take that a little bit to heart because they, they like to sit back and criticize, but they never actually do anything to see, you know, to, to, to see that change. Um, but, you know, I, I do like that, that regardless, you know, it, it's not necessarily that the numbers are dwindling. It just varies. Because I, I went to a, um, a protest like a few days ago, and the crowd was massive, and it grew even bigger once we joined with the Queens team. I, I, I was in Brooklyn, so I started off with the Brooklyn team. We joined with the Queens team. Um, and then, like, we joined with another Brooklyn team as well. So by the time we got to the end point, the crowd was massive. So it, it, it really, like, had me happy. It, it really made me happy there. But it, it, it still bothers me that I don't see enough black people there. And I know people have jobs and they have kids and stuff like that. But what about the people who don't have a job or kids? That, that, that makes me wonder, what are you doing? Um, so, so it's like... And then, like, another thing I also, I also, like, wish would happen more is, like, to talk about, you know, the, 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 where the money goes in terms of our community. Because despite us outside protesting and yelling and all that, it really doesn't make too much of a difference unless we learn how to speak money. So if we would just divest whatever we invest in when it comes to white-owned businesses and redirect it to black-owned businesses, we'd be making much more of an impact and sending a broader message. Because at the end of the day, our oppressors only speak money. Um, but, you know, given that black-owned businesses have such limited options in terms of needs and tastes and stuff like that, it's really difficult to do. So I, I, it, 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 it bothers me, but I'm also, like, trying to think of ways to have people do it more for the sake of, you know, the, 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 the overtime effects um, to happen. Um, I want to see more Bronx protests happening is because our community mostly li- mo- most of our community lives in these undercare for neighborhoods. That's first of all. Mm-hmm. Second of all, a lot of said community members are very unaware about how this system, this the systemic oppression works, and like finances and things like that, because they weren't taught that growing up, and they were they weren't really like provided any opportunities to know. So. My 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 main reason for wanting the protest to happen there is because too many people just want to get back to life as usual, even though there really isn't anything normal about returning back to the system that oppresses you and underfunds you and does not help you find a job efficiently or anything like that. Um, so, so it's like 
the community, I understand that, you know, the, the rich people in downtown Manhattan, they have to get disrupted, but the people uptown have to be disrupted as well because a lot of people are unaware. A lot of people would rather just sit back and smoke and drink and just party with their friends and just, like, move on with life. And, and, and it's really damaging the movement because then that means less and less black people show up, less and less um, brown people show up. And it becomes this whole issue where it's like, well, I don't see enough of my people. And I'm like, why do you think that is? It's because you and everyone else hopped off much quicker than it took you to hop on. You basically treated this like a trend, got your little photo off, and then left. That's not fair to anyone who's out here still fighting for people like you. And then the whole issue with, with, with the intense homophobia and transphobia that goes on specifically in the Bronx, it really, like, it, it really infuriates me because I go downtown, I go to all, all the other boroughs, and I fight, and I give my all, and I block the streets for protesters, and I help people send out a message. And then when I come back home, I face the homophobia from the very people who I was fighting for in the first place. That also has to stop. And that's, that is like, for me, bringing the protests to the Bronx a lot more, like, basically, like, wakes people up to a lot of these different issues that we go on through. Because it's not just our oppressors that need to be disrupted and showed and, you, and, and lectured and all that. It's our own people. We got to do reparations and healing from both ends because it's not only hatred from out there. It's also a hatred amongst our own community. I'm black, but at least I'm not gay. I'm gay, but at least I'm not feminine. I'm feminine, but at least I'm not transgender. And then it leaves the trans people at the bottom taking the most damage. Not even enough news coverage when, another black, when a black trans person gets killed. There was one named Tiffany Harris that it took forever to even get circulation, and even then it's, it didn't receive as much circulation as Jacob Blake. And before, J- and, and, and before Jacob Blake and even after Jacob Blake, trans people are still getting killed and still not enough news coverage. It's just like that one newspaper I mean, um, that, that one news cover from a local news source, and that's it. It's really just not blasted around. That stuff has to change. My Insta, you can only find me on Instagram because it, it, it's the only app I can specifically use. Um, my Instagram is Vanguard Neptunite. Neptunite is a gemstone, so don't confuse it with Neptune. Um, Vanguard Neptunite is my Instagram handle. Um, America on Trial is the website of the unnamed group of activists that I marched with. You can find that, the mission statement, and all the community events that we do um, in that website, which is in my Instagram. You will find it there. But for those who do not have Instagram, you can go on the Internet and search americaontrial.org and find out the information of our events there. And... I'm one of the people you can follow to find out on Instagram about any marches, any community events that we're doing, because I usually share those on my story along with other people's Instagrams that are a part of said group. Um, when it comes to words of wisdom, what I would say, uh, and this is, this is mainly to um, the 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 queer community as well as the heterosexual people that oppress that queer community. We need to set our differences aside if we are to unite against our common oppressor. We cannot have so much time to fight each other 
when there is a bigger picture that needs to be fought against. Divide and conquer is a real thing even today in, the, in this day and age. Divide and conquer is very real. And it affects a lot of people because I can still see that we still struggle to keep it together amongst our own to provide a formidable force and sense of knowledge to spread around amongst each other so that we can, you know, further progress and make bigger changes. Um, also, I know it's difficult for a lot of people to redirect their money to Black-owned businesses due to, you know, inconvenient locations or lack of what, you know, the needs that you're looking for and stuff like that. But we have to do our best, not necessarily to completely pull away from the regular things that we buy from because we still have supermarket needs and stuff like that, but to add Black-owned businesses to your daily spending routine, to your monthly, weekly spending routine. Because the more money we put into Black-owned businesses, the more financial power we gain, the higher we rise up, and then we'll be able to speak a lot more with said politicians and other people who only know the language of money. Um, it's going to be a long road, but with enough patience and, and enough consistency, you can achieve that. So please, 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 please try to add Black-owned businesses to your spending um, routines and we'll see changes happen in time. We just need some patience and consistency. Thank you so much, Stephen. That was so great. Do everything that Stephen just said to do. Do the work. That's it. I'd like to thank my on-air sponsors, Michael J. Gabrowskis and Jose De La Cuesta. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thank you for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.